Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. If you're somebody that feels like a little out of sort, and you just know, you just know there's more out there, you, you're looking for maybe inner peace, that, that feeling of calm, or you just want some inspiration to move your life forward, I've got somebody for you. She is an intuitive advisor, certified Reiki master. She works with energy, can clean your energy. And we'll get to that in just a moment, why you would want to do that. But it's so great to have her with us. Angela Monique joins us on the program. Welcome. How are you? Thank you for having me, Steve. I am well. How are you? I'm fantastic. And anytime we have somebody with your abilities with us, I get excited because there's... (laughs) We need this in the world, and I, I'm, I'm grateful to know that more and more people are waking up spiritually and understanding that, yeah, there is energy out there. I'm energy. Maybe my energy is misaligned. Maybe I got stuff from the past I need to, to clear out or heal. I want to first start with your intuitive side. Now, you do tower readings. You do oracle card readings and spiritual support. When we say that you're intuitive, how would you explain that? Hmm. Well, it essentially, for me, the way I would explain that is that I have a higher awareness than the average person in that I, I communicate through feeling. And so that really helps me better understand, even if I don't know someone it really helps me better understand them through feeling. Also, um, a lot of how we sort of interact with one another is through our feelings. Um, emotional intelligence is extremely important because we are made up of so many different emotions, and there are things, um, situations, time periods, people that can affect that and can determine how we sort of respond. And so being intuitive essentially is allowing me to process feeling on a higher level of consciousness so that I'm not reacting, I'm responding. I have a a much clearer understanding of what it is, what the energy is, what form it has taken, what could be the root cause of the present form it's in. And so it just really allows me to have a better understanding of my interactions with the world and with others. So it just means essentially just to to feel, to communicate through feelings and to see um, through a higher consciousness, so beyond the logical mind. I have to believe that you have a running head start when it comes to working with somebody on the energy side because of your intuitiveness. It's almost as if, now when you're going to heal somebody through, let's say, energy cleansing or removing bad energy, whatever it might be, that it, it's, it's as if the, the plane is on the runway ready to take off as opposed to somebody who's not intuitive. And that's, that's fine too, if you do energy work. Um, maybe the plane's in the hangar. <laughs> it hasn't come out yet. You're already ready to go based on what you get from somebody. Are you... And, and everybody has a different definition, I feel, of intuitive. Can you tap into somebody's spirit, their energy, and kind of feel them? Um, and, and does things come up? Like, 
uh, you, you get a you get a vibe for what they may sh- may do in the future. Maybe a relative comes through the other side. Is that part of the intuitive side of you as well? Ooh. So um, I have to also say, being intuitive uh, <laughs> is also to be attuned to the universal life force or the source, uh, which is infinite. So it, 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 it has no bounds. There are no limitations. It's hard to explain this. You have to sort of be in it. You have to be practicing it or you know, at least be uh, consciously aware enough in order to be guided through it. And, you know, you, you said something before you, uh, well, in, in the beginning of the question about getting a head start, I must have gotten a head start. And I have to say that this is just something that is innately in me. I first believe I, um, being spiritual or being intuitive, which is essentially the same thing, um, is just basically means to be present in the spirit realm. And are. We really are spirits. We are an energy form <laughs> having a human experience. This is a temporary dimension that we're in, this 3D. And so growing up naturally, just naturally me being in tune with myself and me using my circumstances, which were extreme, very, very, very difficult circumstances. And just to give you an idea, I won't go too far into it, but just to give you an idea, I am one of 12 children. As you can imagine, my mother did not conceive us consciously. She had us out of a survival programming, out of a fear base. And so I grew up um, from a, just a young age always wanting to know the root causes of things. I have a very inquisitive mind. I've always felt things much deeper than the people around me. I have a large family, but everyone seems, you know, they seem to be asleep. They seem to be okay with normalizing the things that we should have been, you know, really seeing, shifting and transforming. And I was seeking that at a young age, and I didn't know how or what it was then. I did not know. I just knew, well, I am not this. (laughs) I'm in here. I'm in this situation with this family, but this is not where I come from. And so just having that inner dialogue with myself constantly, just talking to myself. Like we all naturally do as children, we have our imaginations. That's, that's a real thing. That's much realer than this dimension. Um, and so me just being very active in my imagination really helped me to start to open up more to this calling. And as I got older, I started to realize that because I uh, was so... <laughs> so passionate about overcoming my circumstances, so passionate about showing um, those closest to me and whomever else God called upon my path uh, of what I could become despite where I had come from. Um, Naturally, I would talk to people and they would go after, you know, telling them my story and everything or just people who knew my family, they would look at me and they would say to me, especially elders, they would often say to me, you are ahead of your time. You have such a positive mindset. It's, it's, it's amazing the way you think. Um, and they let me know I was very wise. And often people would say things to me like God was using me. And it was because I always just believed in um, love, that I was love from within, even though I struggled with the physical aspect of love because of my parents. But within me, I always knew, like, I always knew God. I can't explain how I knew that. That's just something that is naturally in you, especially when you're very present with yourself. <laughs> you, you know things, and you do not know how you know them. And from there, I would start to have dreams. 
I guess you could say, or I would say that was my very first uh, divination practice were my dreams. I would have dreams of things that would constantly come to pass, and I would wonder how do I know this? And I would be so intrigued when I woke up to, if I remember my dreams, especially growing up, I remember them a whole lot more. I would be so intrigued to tell someone my dream or just to write it down to try to understand what it was. And it wasn't until I got in college and I was getting ready to come out of college and I started having these very, very scary dreams, or you could call them nightmares, and I was the one in the dream that was being targeted constantly. And I would be with a handful of people whom I love, my closest friends, but the, the, the person, the, the attacker would only come for me. They only wanted me, and it terrified me. And it, the dream just kept happening. And it got to the point where it was interrupting my sleep, and I really enjoy sleep. I enjoy resting. I enjoy sleeping. Again, I feel like the, the higher dimensions, which is where we go when we dream, you know, the body stays here in this dimension to rest, but your consciousness, who you really are, uh, it travels. It goes to the fourth dimensions and beyond in the dream realm. And so I enjoy that experience a lot. It really helps me navigate this dimension a lot better. But at that time, I noticed, like, wow, I, I can't even enjoy sleeping because I'm, I keep getting this recur, reoccurring dream, and I can't understand it because I am being attacked, but I'm with the people I love the most, which were my childhood friends, and I just I don't understand what's going on. And so I started praying about it. And I've always, like I said, I've always had uh, a connection with God. It's not something that Someone had to teach me. It's just something I always felt within me, which is why I also do not identify with any uh, organized religions. I'm not against them, but I don't feel I need a middleman uh, to have a relationship with my creator. Naturally, it just formed. Um, and so after praying about it, I was being shown that I had to be removed from the friend group. <laughs> it's what the dream was trying to show me, <laughs> that it was time for me to be removed from this friend group because I was outgrowing them, and I was being, you know, directed in a different, on a different path that they were not going to be able to come on. And I struggled with that. Again, being one of 12 children, all I ever knew growing up was sharing. And so I definitely, uh, the friends I had, I, I was very devoted to my friendships, uh, very loyal Leo, I am, um, and so I didn't, I couldn't understand it. Like, what? No, no, no. Uh, these are my, my my childhood friends. I've been knowing them since grade school. We've lasted all the way through college. Why would I let them go? But the dream would not stop, and so I finally wow. surrendered. I just surrendered because I couldn't take it anymore. It was really affecting me subconsciously, and I said, okay, if I'm being shown this, and me being someone who has a close relationship with my creator. Clearly I'm being shown this for a reason. I don't understand it now, but I have to surrender because it won't go away. And when I finally did that, it was not easy, of course. It was not easy at all because I also used my friends um, to sort of fill a void that my parents could not feel because they were uh, sort of, you know, just operating in their pain body. Their, their trauma had stolen them from me, so I used my friends to replace them. And so I think that was why it was so hard to, to let go when I was being shown it was time to let go because I could no longer misuse my friends in that way. It was time for me to look within, face some things within myself, and, and, and do the work. And so I remember I came home from college. That was my also very first year experiencing grief. 
I lost my grandfather, who I'm extremely close with, and even more now that he's transitioned back to the spirit realm. He also ad- uh, adopted me and six of my siblings. And so I used his, his um, transition in my first introduction with grief as a way to heal. I channeled it towards my self-healing because I depended on my grandfather uh, a lot, especially spiritually and emotionally. He was a very wise, gentle soul. And I recognized that when he was getting ready to transition, I then needed, I, was, I kept saying when he left, like, who am I going to talk to now? Like, who's going to uh, guide me? Who, who's going to instill the wisdom in me that he had? Who's just going to, like, have the patience, the patience that he had to talk me through life? Like, who is going to do this? And my spirit said, you are, you are. And from there, um, God sort of taken him away, and I was in full full support of that because I understood how much he also loved God. That's one thing I can honestly say I learned the most from him was how he demonstrated in his own personal relationship with his creator, how he demonstrated that connection. That really inspired me. Mm-hmm. And so from there, I went off on into nature, 2013, and it was as if God had drowned out all the outside noise because but the, the key thing about this, and I have to mention this, I had to come back home. I was in Atlanta, Georgia at the time, and I had to come back home. My grandfather came to me in a dream right before he transitioned that year and told me I had to come home. I told him, no, I am not going home. <laughs> that is not going to happen. I thought, you, you know, when I got to Atlanta to pursue my dream uh, in theater, that I, I would just continue to pursue that and keep going. But he said, you got to come back. He just kept telling me in the dream, you got to go back. And he was letting me know I had to go back to my grandmother, who is my mother's mother. And uh, unfortunately, even though they both adopted us together, it was my grandfather who actually raised us. My my grandmother um, said she did not have a healthy relationship with my mother. It trickled down to us. So it was like pouring salt in a wound. And so I said, no, not going back to that. Absolutely not. You know how hard I fought to get away from that? Oh, no. <laughs> and he just, you know, had his way in the dream of just letting me know, like, you got to go and it's going to be okay. And I said, all right, granddaddy, you know, all right, because I trusted him. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll go. And fast forward, he transitions. I have to come home three months later. I did everything in my power not to come home, but it still happened, and I started on on the nature trail. And I had walked past this trail for four years in high school every day, never got on it, at least not for long periods of time. I never thought I would be walking on it for hours. But in October that year of 2013, my spirit said, get on this path and just go. And I just did it naturally. It got to the point where I would wake up, just randomly wake up some mornings and just prepare for my walk. I didn't have to prep myself or anything. I just knew I was going to walk. I felt as if God was drowning out all the outside noise. So even though I still had to come back home into a household, into an environment that I was trying to uh, get out of, God was showing me how to do it the right way. Because when I ran the first time or went away the first time, I didn't know subconsciously I was running from fear. I was running with fear. I carried so much fear with me that I was running right into what I thought I was running from. And it made it hard for me to be able to fully evolve out of it. And not just that, but to actually heal it, transmute it to a different form so I don't have to keep repeating these cycles. And so me coming back home was me learning how to take my power back through my self-healing work. And so nature 
and I'll say the nature spirits, uh, they sort of shelter me. It was as if I could hear God so much clearer. Now, I already had this connection, but when you are going through so much pain and uncertainties and just still struggling with, you know, your whole conception and the family's dynamic and you're trying to find your way in college, like it was so much that I didn't know I was carrying. I was carrying so much, but I had such a positive attitude that I would sort of, you know, just push that to the side and keep going. But my spirit was like, you know, we're going to rest. We're going to slow down and release, let go, fully transform from within. We're going to do this from within this time, not on the outside. And so being in nature really helped to calm me, helped me feel um, so seen and heard and there are things that were happening I really cannot explain. That's why I say it. You have to be in it. You have to be walking this walk, this this healing journey, to know what I mean. Because the mind can't explain what you're going to experience, but you'll know. It's like your intuition. How your intuition will show you things that you did not see yet with the physical two eyes that you have. But then suddenly, as things start to happen and they come to pass, you realize, like, whoa. Something told me, I don't know how I knew it, but something told me this was going to happen or whatever the case could be. So that's how it was on this walk. And I had so many of my loved ones say to me, you know, it's dangerous for you to be out there alone. You're a woman. You hear the stories on the news. People are being harmed. You know, don't do that. And I said, I I understand you. Logically, you do make sense. But my spirit is overriding all of that. There is a presence with me. It's so strong on me right now. And I can feel how much it loves me and how much it truly wants me to get to where I'm going. It really wants me to come up out of what I'm feeling internally that no one around me seems to really understand or have the ability to really help me with. So I'm going to lean into this, which is the unknown. It's terrifying. It's terrifying (laughs) going into the unknown. But if you're someone like me who does not follow the crowd, Uh, Because you know if you follow the crowd, you're going to get exactly what the crowd is getting. So you might as well prepare for that. And I could not. I could not accept it. Absolutely not. So I had to go into the unknown. And it was terrifying. And it's a lonely, lonely road. But I can honestly say it's so beautiful. It's so worth it. It truly has activated um, the healing power in me and has helped me take all of my power back has helped me learn how to assert myself and has truly helped me um, be a light, shine my light brighter for other people who are starting to wake up. And now even those who are close to me who are waking up, they're all starting to see just why I was sort of placed in on their path. And I'm starting to see and better understand why I was placed in the family dynamic and the community that I was raised in, why I was planted here. Growing up, it felt like a curse. It felt like something bad, ugly, dark. But through my healing journey, God has shown me something beautiful, miraculous, and truly life-transforming and has reminded me of who I really am. And so essentially, this is what has led me to this. And when I talk to people, uh, I realize I am healing them simply through my testimony. That is why before I officially turned this into a business, um, I was being shown, you're already doing this. (laughs) you're already doing it. But because you live in this society and uh, things are advancing, now you have to turn it into a service where people can digest it so they understand um, how they can start to to reach out and and receive and and share this gift with you. But, yes, 
I naturally have just been doing it by doing my inner work. And now I'm now being shown I have to share it because there are more people who are ready now to do their inner work. So many questions. Um, Fabulous story. And would you say that we hear this term spiritual awakening? Would you say that's what you had? Yes, of course. Okay. Yeah. You yes. know, I hear it so many different ways. I've I've talked to people who have had what they consider a spiritual awakening where it's lasted a year or so and it wasn't pleasurable, but when they got through it, it was life changing. And I wanna go back to something you said that we're you feel that we are spiritual beings in a call it a human vessel, human container. Yes. I yes. I I agree with you. And I got that about a year ago, and I've been dealing with metaphysical stuff for years, but I just had an epiphany where it was just, wait a minute, I was just standing in my garage, and it just hit me. It's like, yeah, there's more out there, and my mom passed away. It's coming up on five years. She's always around. She sends me very specific mm-hmm. signals, signs, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying, I'm not just saying like a butterfly fly flies by. And if you're good with that, that's fine. No, very specific. Mm-hmm. And that that was my, and I've dealt with, you know, intuitive people, psychics, all of that for decades. But that was my validation that the spirit, even though somebody passes on, their spirit is still around you. It's still here. It's not going anywhere, right? Very alive. Your yeah. consciousness is going to survive your bodily death. Yeah. So go within. That is our true self. That's who we really connect with. That's the part of your mother that you love, you know, that you you feel that warmth, that acceptance from, that you have that soft spot for. It's her consciousness, which is why that she's, now that she's gone back into the, uh, the spirit realm, um, she's learning how to still communicate with you through mm. different medi- mediums as in through different objects or um, oh, yeah. it's, they can communicate through, literally oh, through oh, anything. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I'll give you a five, I'll give you a 20 second example. I was vibing her uh, at the end of the summer. I'm like, mom, send me a sign. Like everything's good. Like you're listening. Just give me, give me one of those signs again. It's been a while. Throw me something. I get a new modem here in my studio in this office building. The guy leaves after dropping it off. I turn it over and there's a password. That's it. Just automatically generated. You know, they slap a sticker on and then you got to change all your devices over. The password was four numbers dash Rose dash five two. Rose is her name. Mm-hmm. And that's just <laughs> one of those many specific. Yes. And it, long story short, when I take the numbers that are in the password and mess with them, they always come out to seven or 11 and I didn't know. I, I didn't know what that meant. Like, what's that? What are you trying to tell me? And I mentioned it to my daughter, who's fifteen. She goes, "Well, maybe it has something to do with your father." And my parents got divorced when I was very young. I looked into it, I, and my my dad passed when I was twenty one. So this is kind of off my radar. Remember, I said seven eleven. That always comes when I add them up. All these numbers, it's always seven or eleven. He passed on seven eleven, and he was born on three four. Added up. So I was like, okay, I get it. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) I love these experiences. I love them, Um, especially because it it helps when you do have to come to that come to that bridge and cross it. You know, and it's time to let go, and you have to deal with loss. And we deal with loss in many ways, not just when someone dies, 
relationships, job, or you just having to shed a part of you that you identify with and you got to let it go, or even the death of the ego, which is, whew, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, but what I love that the most when it comes to this with loved ones, uh, you know, the, the different cultures that have learned how to properly uh, send a loved one back to the spirit realm, like those um, cultures down in uh, New Orleans or over in Africa, the way that they dance, and it's like a full celebration for like a week or so. Like they are literally celebrating the life of this loved one. And it's not saying that they don't take their time and still mourn and they don't feel sadness, but they know that they have to focus on celebrating this life because when someone transitions, it's such a sensitive time. And if there's too much pain keeping, I mean, holding them, they feel that they can't cross over. So they're sort of still bound to this dimension because there's so much pain from their loved ones that, you know, has them locked down. And so when we celebrate their transition, when we accept where, you know, we know we get the process of this life, we know that we're going to return, that's not a, um, it's not a surprise to us, even though it's not easy. But when we are consciously moving in that awareness when someone has transitioned, it really helps them to be able to communicate with us mm. and guide us from that side. And we're not afraid to see the new way they'll be communicating and guiding us um, when we open ourselves up to uh, transitioning with them in this way. When we hold on to the pain, they're still trying to communicate to us, but we won't even see it. They'll be trying and trying, you know, the way that your mother did with the password and Someone who is just not ready to accept that she did not, you know, this is not her permanent home, <laughs> that she only returns home. She's, she's just back in her true form. Someone who's not ready to accept that wouldn't have even seen that. That password would have been right over their head, you right know, over their head. I, based on even what you said, and I want to I get to, before we run out of time, everything that you can help people with. But I have to say, and my relationship with her was fine. I'm closer to her now. And she's not here in body. I know it sounds crazy. No, no, no. Okay. Very natural. Thank you. <laughs> sounds very natural. Yeah. It's, 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 it's wonderful. It's, you know, and I thought it would be mm -hmm. sad, but um, not so much. Um, you can help people with energy healing. Um, Reiki is so powerful. Uh, and that's, and you're certified Reiki master. That's one of the things you offer. Also, energy cleansing. We carry so much of this negative energy from relationships, situations, all of it. We don't even know what we've got, mm -hmm. you know, within us that is holding us back. You cleanse that all out. Uh, of course, personal development and you do card readings, um, all of that. But the best part is this can all be done virtually anywhere on the planet, right? Yes. Yes. That's, Love it. That is because we are all energy. Yeah. And it, it is not bound to time or space. And if we had more time, I could even demonstrate how Reiki, what you just said, how that presented itself to me and, and, and proved it to me that that is, the, that is the truth, that we are energy and energy goes anywhere. And for anybody that says, oh, come on, really, guys, really, got the woo-woo stuff. Well, when you say to somebody, I'm sending prayers for a speedy recovery or, I'm, hey, positive vibes coming your way. You're sending energy. You're, yes, that's you are. What, you're doing it. <laughs> yes, you are. You're doing it before you even open your mouth. 
Uh, you're doing it with the intention um, behind your words, behind your actions. You're, you're doing it, which is why a baby can feel everything a mother goes through before the baby's even born. It feels it in the womb. Its first language is, a, is its vibration, its energy, yep. which is why it's important that a mother is in a peaceful space, that she's you know, well, that she's healthy, that she's being well taken care of when she is, is in, la- um, in labor, you know, through the whole birthing process, the entire yep. process. Uh, because the baby literally feels all of it. And before it starts to learn words, it already understands feeling. And it also is the same reason why when you walk into your house and your dog or cat looks at you and then jumps up and is giving you a look <laughs> like, what's going on with you? Are you okay? Yes. <laughs> because there's nobody better to pick up on your energy than your pet because... <sighs> They don't have to worry about all the other stuff. They're not paying the mortgage, the rent. They don't have car payments. They don't have stress like like we have. Uh, mm-hmm. So they just pick up. Their, it's like their antenna is so tuned into energy. Yes. When somebody walks into your house and your cat scatters, but doesn't do it for other people because they're picking up on the energy of the person yes. walking in. And not yes. that that person's a bad person, but hey, your, your pet not really feeling it <laughs> for whatever yeah, it's reason. Not personal. Yeah. It's not personal. It's just energy. And the way yeah. I look at animals, you know, dogs are a man's best friend. And it makes sense because dogs assist us a lot with uh, oh, yeah. just our day-to-day life. And then I like to look at cats because I'm a cat mom. Oh, I'm a Leo. Um, I like to look at cats as an intuitive best friend because cats help protect us on an intuitive realm. They can uh, sense things. Yep. beyond the surface that a dog may not necessarily sense. As yep. in, you know, dogs are more open with their energy. They're more like children, they're like toddlers. <laughs> they're more open with people, whereas a cat is uh, very, very selective with their energy. They're very protective of their space. They'll come to you when they're ready, <laughs> when they're ready, when they know that it's safe. Um, yeah. And that also makes sense why cats are also usually in, like, you know, scary movies or, you know, uh, horror movies. It's, you know, always a black cat somewhere that tells you something that's a symbol. That's because they're very much in tune with the unseen realm. They can help protect your home and your space as well. So mm-hmm. I love animals a lot because of this. Again, when I went out into nature and I was out there seeing the deers and all the different birds and whew, even a garden snake, and I'm, I wasn't ready yet for snakes, but I just could feel, I could just feel. And it's also a reason why I've become a pescatarian um, I haven't stopped eating all animals, uh, but the animals on the land who we're closer to, I could feel them in a way that I had never felt them before. And I said, wow, this connection, this oneness is real. It's to the point now where, you know, the things that used to scare me when it comes to certain animals, I just feel, I just believe that um, when I come up on them, I'll be able to communicate with them through energy. Mm-hmm. And they'll know we come from the same source and that, you know, it's okay and we can just gracefully let each other pass or interact or however it goes. And I often have this experience so much even now, even with insects, which I cannot believe this. I can't believe this, but it goes to show just how awakened I have become in my consciousness. hundred percent. We're we're just about out of time. I could keep going forever. I mean, even right down to where the dog walks in and your dog shakes you know, I used to think, oh, his fur is out of place. No, he's shaking off the energy from the outside coming yes. into the inside. Yes. Um, Angela, how do we how do we connect with you? How do we find you? Yes, of course. So you can connect with me um, on my website. It's called She Rest to Create, um, but I've shortened it for the website domain. So it's just She Rest 
www.thelifeofthecoach.com. But that is where uh, you can look into the services that I provide, uh, as well as my intuitive readings and spiritual guidance. Um, and, yeah, we can go from there. I'm just so happy that I've gotten to um, share this work with more people like yourself, Steve, and for those um, people out there who are hearing this and however this uh, experience, this interview we've just had, however this will resonate with them, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful that Spirit continues to use me in this way to connect with you because I know your consciousness uh, needed whatever was received in this moment. So thank you all. Thank you. Oh, wonderful talking with you. I, I, if we had more time, I, I'd love if you could pull a couple of cards, but maybe maybe some other time <laughs> yes. if, if the universe says yes. so. Uh, Angela, yes. great meeting you, great talking with you, and, uh, and all the best, okay? Likewise. You take care, Steve, and be well. You too. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just gotta hold on and know we'll get through this. Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. <laughs> no, you hold my hand. Here we go. <laughs> Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit adoptuskids.org to find out more. I learned patience from my adoptive dad. All he had to say was, Hey, you got this. Just breathe. Hey. <laughs> We're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to start a band. <laughs> I got it. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. <laughs> Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. <laughs> 